to the Order of Dark Arts podcast, where we discuss the history and philosophy of walking the Luciferian path to the daily practice of demonic magic. It is I, Dr. Pete, broadcasting from the city that is offbeat, unusual, loud, and proud, New Orleans, Louisiana, along with our co-host, an educator of Luciferianism, an author of demonic magic, and the creator of incredible demonic tools and supplies, the always stunning, the Professor Ashley Atori. Hello, Ashley. Pete, I'm so happy to be here with you again. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, doing great. This is such an exciting yes. day, and I'm loving this new episode that's going to be that we're doing right now. I want to welcome all of our listeners of our demonic family back to this podcast. We also love, love, love all the feedback that we've received regarding this series of the Seven Deadly Sins. Professor, these episodes have really empowered so many people in their lives and how they view their lives differently, haven't they? Yes, absolutely. So understanding each of these deadly sins for what they are and how to view them as a Luciferian allows for people to break free from the societal and spiritual chains and the guilt that people have been taught. We have been given free will, and when we embrace that gift, it allows us to not only look at everything differently, but to also have a different life, a life full of health, wealth, love, and an ascended spiritual practice with Lucifer. Yeah, now, if you're new to the podcast, I want to say, you made it! Congratulations! We're excited that you're here! Woohoo! And if you like what you hear, you can find more of this information on our Facebook group. That's the Order of Dark Arts Facebook group. Make sure you answer the questions, mention the podcast, and also, please have a profile picture. Definitely. We love new listeners and members. Everyone starts on this path at different places in their lives, and it's good to have the support and guidance along the way. Now, today's episode is highly anticipated. It's a very anticipated topic. But before we jump into that, Professor, let me ask you, is there a specific order to the seven deadly sins? Uh, no, no, no. I don't think there is a specific reason to the order that we commonly see listed. But it can be argued that the sins that are considered more intelligent are considered a more serious of an abuse, such as pride and envy. Pride is always the first because Christians believe that pride leads a person to commit many other sins. Yes, Luciferians, we understand pride to be about power. Uh, we discussed that in the very first episode. And um, the fact of us embracing our power can help us drive and fuel our desires. And as we work through the list, we can always use that empowerment idea to help us achieve each one of those goals in mind. So is it important for us to embrace our free will and have that strong moral compass and not be afraid to empower ourselves, uh, Professor? Absolutely. So magic should be practiced without Christian inhibitions or guilt because it is a powerful force that can help bring about positive change in your life. Magic is not something to be feared, but rather it should be used as a tool for personal development and empowerment. Many of our listeners likely have some form of subconscious Christian inhibitions or guilt that may have been unknowingly ingrained in them by learning about these seven deadly sins elsewhere. It's also important to practice demonic magic without these inhibitions because by doing so, it allows you to tap into a powerful force for personal transformation, healing, spiritual growth, and desire. And without these restrictions, it can be easier to connect with the demonic world and then discover what potential there may be for your life and within you. That's a great point, because we as practitioners have to bring something to the ritual and uh, besides an offering, and that something is our desire. You know, one of my favorite uh, quotes is the quote, when the dream is big enough, the facts don't count. 
And just that tells me like that dream has to burn so bright and red hot. Like you're at, it doesn't matter if I only have $200 in my bank account and I've got, you know, two more weeks left in the month before my next paycheck. You know, it doesn't matter that, you know, I um, was dumped by that girl or this guy. <laughs> but when the dream is big enough, if the facts don't count, mm-hmm. you know, it's important to have that and really nurture that. Um, and that's just not a one-time thing. It's got to be something you wake up with, go to bed with. Isn't that right? Well, of course. Yeah, the ability to take that desire and deeply concentrate our focus on it through ritual can absolutely have manifestations that surpass any obstacle or facts, as you say. Well, I know that many of our listeners from Australia to Finland have been asking about this topic we are covering today. We've gotten a lot of requests and just general questions about, hey, when are we going to be talking about this? So, Professor, (laughs) which of the seven deadly sins will we be discussing today and the royal prince associated with it? So today we'll be talking about the deadly sin of lust and its associated demon, Prince Asmodeus. Prince Asmodeus is one of the seven princes of the royal legion in hell and the demon associated with lust and sexual desire. We will break down the topic of lust as well as his role in the subject and how to work with him in demonic magic to better achieve your desires and goals. Yes, this is a popular subject. In witchcraft in general, sex and money are the, always the things that people uh, are always asking about. It's always the most popular subjects and the most requested workings. But there is a deeper aspect to sex than the physical part. Wouldn't you agree, Professor? Well, I suppose it depends on what you're talking about. You know, it, are, you, are we talking about sex as the run-of-the-mill making love, or are we talking about uh, one animalistic night of debauchery that keeps you awake at night for years to come? You know, it just it depends on on how you view sex. Regardless, though, sex is definitely a complex topic. It does go far beyond the physical act itself. It can involve emotions, relationships, communication, intimacy, pleasure, and so much more. There's many different levels of sex that can be explored depending on the people involved in the situation. You know, for some people, sex can be an expression of spiritual connection with their partner. And for others, it can be a way to explore and develop trust between two people and then for some it can be a way to release uh, desires and inhibitions that they may have with their own partner with someone else it just depends on your situation and what you want out of sex there's definitely no one-size-fits-all approach to the subject and talking about your feelings around sex openly with your partner or someone you trust is essential in order to make sure that everyone's comfortable and enjoying the experience. But definitely, there's a deeper aspect to sex, and it can be highly fulfilling when done right. Yeah. Professor, so what makes the what makes sex and lust different? Well, while sex and lust can be connected and is most enjoyed when connected, they don't always go hand in hand. People may have sex without feeling any strong attraction or lust for their partner, and similarly, someone might feel an intense level of lust but may not act on those feelings sexually. Lust is more about an intense attraction and a deep physical desire for someone rather than love or a deep, meaningful connection. It can be a very powerful emotion that leads people to become absolutely obsessed with someone they may not even know very well. Lust isn't always about sex or about love. So what is lust, Professor, and what makes it a deadly sin? (laughs) Well, 
It's a passionate craving or strong emotion that can lead to behaviors such as flirting, fantasizing, kissing, touching, and sometimes ultimately sex. But lust can be confused with love, although it's it's a much more fleeting, fleeting emotion. It tends to fade away over time and as the thrill of the newness wears off. Yeah, it can be an exciting and very powerful experience, but it's important to remember that it does not necessarily always equate to a deep and lasting connection with someone. It's okay to recognize and appreciate its power, but it's important to not let it cloud your judgment too much or lead you into a situation that you'll most likely regret later. And uh, by understanding the differences between sex and lust, you can definitely better manage your own emotions and make more informed decisions about your relationships. And as far as the deadly sins go, uh, lust is considered a deadly sin by the Catholic Church and by Christians because they believe that it can lead to a immoral behavior such as adultery or sexual promiscuity. They tend to think that it can cause individuals to make impulsive decisions that they may later regret. Have to remember that this is also the you know, same church that believes that sex should only be a way of procreation rather than enjoyment and fulfillment. How do lust and love differ? Well, while love and lust are two very powerful emotions, they are also very different. Love is more associated with things like being self-sacrificial and by putting the other person first and by it's usually hallmarked by deep love and trust and a deep connection whereas lust is more about satisfying one's own personal gratification and and it's a it's a more selfish desire but it's not to be discounted it's most certainly extremely motivating and it can make somebody feel truly alive for the first time in a long time so lust should not be just discounted and it doesn't have to be a lust for something sexual in nature you can have lust for all kinds of different things i can see where when you're in lust with somebody with somebody you're motivated to you know look good in the mornings or get to the gym and you get moving you start thinking about how you can be around those people well, yeah, that's the excitement, the honeymoon stage, and the sparks fly, and you have all those butterflies. Everyone's addicted to that feeling. So it's very understandable that somebody would be absolutely consumed by a lust. Yeah, definitely. And when you're physically together with a person, that lust um, definitely comes through in the physicalness in your relationship. Absolutely. The desires of our heart tend to be one of the strongest motivators you can find. Yeah, but I could like you're talking about how people could be in lust and it doesn't have to be about sex. It could be about fame or power, even knowledge. Um, and someone really wants to get a certain degree from a college or a university, you know, they're yeah. going to be, you know, up in the morning because they're lusting after the results of, you know, <laughs> getting that yeah. degree. I can see that. Yeah, that's me right now. That's me the other <laughs> night. I'm staying up till like 4 a.m. doing a paper. Staying but, uh, up late and getting up early. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, this is one of my favorite parts of these episodes that we've been doing about the royal princes. 
Uh, which royal prince mm. from Lucifer's legion is associated with less, Professor? That would be Prince Osmodeus. So Prince Osmodeus is the fifth crown prince of hell. And he is associated most with lust and sex and sexual endeavors. But he's also phenomenal for self-love and uh, sexual healing from trauma. And uh, not only that, but he's wonderful with anything to do with attraction and getting wealth from attraction. So this includes visual and non-visual uh, professional circles, uh, anywhere where you have to communicate and have a persona or an identity, whether or not it's based in sex, uh, he can help it be attractive, which is necessary to move ahead in most circles. Uh, people have to want to be around you or want you or want your qualities to some extent. And he can be the one that helps you not only recognize what is required and what is wanted and what is needed, but he can help you attain those qualities and attributes as well. Well, that's amazing. It's very interesting. You know, a lot of people think um, he's associated with just sex and sex magic and lust. Mm. But when, you know, you talk about how he can assist you in social and personal and professional circles, mm. um, you know, that's that's talking about your career. Um, this oh, yeah. isn't anything to do with sex. You know, this is about, you know, your you know, how you interact with other people in your community. Um, and also like careers in uh, the performing arts, you know, you have to be able to get out there and perform and you have to have some sort of uh, per persona of yourself. Um, it's not, and there's nothing to be said about, Hey, I've got to go out there and be sexy, but you've got to have this identity just be that maybe inner confidence. Is that how he helps you with that? Yeah. He's, he's definitely helped me with that. And, and you know me, I, I'm a very private person, but He's, he's certainly helped me develop my persona. And while I, I'm, I've never, I, I've never had the intention of coming out to be sexy or lustful or anything to do with that, I am absolutely confident and completely sure of myself. So, you know, he's helped me in those arenas. And, you know, like we said, he doesn't have to help you with just lust or sex or attraction necessarily, but he can make you love yourself and have self-adoration, which is naturally attractive. People like confident people. And no matter your talent, no matter your abilities, if you don't communicate yourself confidently, then it's it's going to hurt you, not, not only socially, but potentially professionally. When you are confident and sure of yourself, and your identity and your abilities and in the way that you communicate with others, then you end up manifesting phenomenal levels of opportunities that would have never been available otherwise. So what are some of his favorite offerings, Professor? Well, for starters, he loves different top shelf alcohols, public proclamation, black candles, different types of exotic oils and woods sex, sexual offerings. He loves sensual atmospheres. You can do an altar. You can do an invocation. And he likes unleavened bread. And this is the crackers, not the round communion circles. 
He likes roses. He likes things that are handmade, things that are exotic, things that are sexy. Uh, just like Lucifer, he loves black satin and the color black and the color scarlet. And you can get as creative as you want, as long as it's an offering made from the heart and in adoration of Prince Asmodeus. Now I want to go back to the beginning. You said that he enjoys sex as an offering, and I know some of the other demons do as well. In general, what does that mean uh, for our listeners, especially like the newer listeners? Definitely. So when we are talking about sex as an offering, we're not talking about a succubus or incubus situation. Although if a demon does want to have sex with you, they'll make it known, but they'll make it known physically. This isn't going to be some sort of attack and it'll be consensual. However, however, when we talk about sex is an offering to a demon we're talking about offering up the energy of a sexual experience whether it's with somebody or whether it's alone now you can do this by means of invocation if you'd like you can be invoked with osmodeus and you can internally in your head prior to sex or prior to masturbation uh, dedicate that experience to Prince Osmodeus, and regardless of whether you're with someone or alone, you are going to want to do your best. You're going to want to make that experience as heightened as possible. <clears throat> now, you can also do this by way of evocation, and you can make love over sigil. You can do you can perform an evocation with some with someone present and make love over a sigil and offer that experience to Prince Osmodeus. Or you can do an evocation and masturbate and essentially come on the sigil and offer that sexual energy to Prince Osmodeus as well. Yeah, I could see where if you wanted to do something for him You'd want to really set the stage and set the mood. Um, but it's more of a, what you're saying is more of an internal, or you're going to tell them this is what we're going to do. And uh, Yeah, definitely. You want to do your best. You want the experience to be as heightened as possible, to be the best offering. And a lot of factors are going to determine how great of a sexual energy is generated. Uh, in this case, lust may very well play a very big part of it, depending on who you're fantasizing about while masturbating or who you're making love to in the sex ritual that you are dedicating to Prince Osmodeus. So, you know, like I said, if you are doing sex as an offering, then make sure that your partner is on board and, well, if you want it to be the most heightened, make sure they're on board. You can still for the energy of it without them knowing. Uh, and like I said, even if you're alone, make sure that the fantasy is top notch and that your sexual experience is as great as it can possibly be. Yeah, that's like a it's, it's a ritual within itself. Yeah. Well, th this has been extremely helpful, um, and especially for the newer people on the path, um, This all this mm -hmm. information. But this is a great opportunity for us to hear from our sponsor, the Order of Dark Arts. More on Lust mm -hmm. and Asmodeus when we return. Hello, all you sexy Luciferians. Dr. Pete here. 
just between us, let me ask you. You have a boring sex life. Do you ever catch yourself in the mirror and think, I could use a little shape-shifting, and finally admit to yourself that you may need some help mastering a certain skill or information? If you heard yourself say yes to any of these questions, then I recommend heading over to the Order of Dark Arts website at theorderofdarkarts.com and seek all the products associated with the fifth crown prince of hell, Asmodeus. Asmodeus is the high demon of lust, an expert in shape-shifting, and can help you master the information in a chosen field or interest. If you're looking to work with Asmodeus, then go to the Order of Dark Arts website because they have the one and only Asmodeus Mastery Magic Potion to enhance anyone's ability to master whatever they desire to learn. They also have his Sex Magic Potion. Now this potion improves you and your partner's sexual performance as well as boosts all sex magic spells. Hey, while you're there, check out the Kink Sex Magic Potion as well. This potion will turn up the sexual heat and help you and your partner let go of any of those insecurities so you can both tap into those wild fantasies. Also at the Order of Dark Arts, you can find the Asmodeus Demonic Invocation Necklace. This magical piece of jewelry has a rose gold link chain and a square of seduction crystal. Wearing Asmodeus's Invocation Necklace can make you feel desirable, powerful, and beaming with beauty. It also comes with his spell of invocation if you choose to invoke it. Asmodeus can help you attract love, have charisma, and increase your glamour. So go to the Order of Dark Arts website to see their wide selection of magical tools and supplies. Hail Asmodeus, the High Demon of Lust. Welcome back to the Order of Dark Arts podcast, where we discuss being a Luciferian, developing a relationship with demons, and the practice of demonic magic. Professor, before the break, we were discussing Asmodeus, and one of his expertise is sex and seduction magic. So that we're all on the same page, and in the honor of no demonic practitioners left behind, will you discuss sex and seduction magic? So... The energy raised or generated in regards to sex or sex magic is some of the most powerful and potent energy that humans have next to anger, as we talked about in the wrath episode with Beelzebub. A sex energy combined with demonic magic becomes like a laser beam for your desires. Uh, you can use sex or seduction magic to attract love or sex to you. Didn't um, Cleopatra use a lot of seduction magic? So. In those days, being a female was considerably more difficult, and you didn't have as many tools for power and uh, and for you know obtaining power or wealth. Uh, there was a, a lot of restrictions on on females. There's always been, but especially in those days, there's more so. Uh, Cleopatra was a complete anomaly, and she she freaked out everyone around her. She was <laughs> the amount of the amount of craftiness, intelligence, uh chess playing <laughs> that she did was <laughs> on a different level entirely. And she was intelligent beyond belief and she knew how to get exactly what she wanted through alchemy and magic. The same magic that we do. The magic that we do 
is very old and very powerful. See, Cleopatra was a seventh, and the magic that we do within the order today has been passed down from the ancient Egyptians and the bloodlines that ran through Africa. She truly is an icon and a perfect representative of a seventh and exactly what people should strive to be like. She was one of the most incredible, phenomenal practitioners in the entire world. I know we're going to be talking about her in the future episodes. But, oh, uh, yeah. And I, but I felt this was, you know, kind of associated with her because I knew she was able to rise to power and, and she had a, she was very magical in, in everything she did. And she's very public about the use of magic. Uh, she, she was huge about, uh, uh, potions. And so she was incredible at alchemy and she was one of the, one of the first people to, in a royal position, publicly use magical potions. And now, do you have any examples of any uh, sex or seduction magic that relates to Asmodeus? Well, there's all kinds of potions between the seduction magic course, the seduction magic book, all of the potions. There, There's countless rituals that are tied to Princess Medea's that range from obtaining sex, perfecting sex, getting money from sex, having an affair, so enforcing fidelity. Uh, there is plenty of rekindling marriage and relationship potions and rituals. There's quite a lot within some of the witch house and the order that has to do with Asmodeus. Not only Asmodeus, but of the demons of his line and you've got to consider his line is full of very popular sexual demons you've got Bleth and lilith and and grimori for example i believe that you have quite a lot of experience with grimori what have your experiences been like oh yeah uh, grimori the beautiful grimori is uh my patron and so uh oh. i work with her I work there daily, and uh, in fact, I'm invoked with Asmodeus as we do this inter uh, this episode. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But with Grimori, you know, it's you know, I see her as like my best friend, someone that I can confide with and confide in. And so, what I'll do with her is I do a lot of meditation with her, and I kind of speak to her openly, and I work with her primarily um, with my in my love aspect of my life. Where I work with, for example, mm -hmm. Mamoon with my wealth. Um, and we've, mm -hmm. you know, I talked about that earlier, um, in one of our episodes, but with my love, I speak with Grimori and I, you know, I talked to her about what I'm looking for in my relationship with my wife and how, you know, with my marriage and, um, things that make me happy. Um, you know, I've been married for a long time and it's, it changes, you know, what my entrance are, the, um, mm -hmm. the goals and the dreams that we both have. And um, I ask her to help me do what I can do to, you know, make sure I'm fulfilling my part and also that, um, you know, I'm happy. And it's mm -hmm. it's fantastic. And I find a very calming um, exercise for me. And when um, I'm able to do it consistently, I have just, it's just I'm floating on on a cloud. But when sometimes when life gets in the way and I, I, I'm, I'm unable to, do, you know, meditate with her that day or something comes up, you know, it just, I don't, I still have the connection, but I just kind of feel like I've let down, I'm a, you know, I've let her down a little bit. So I've always wanted to stay connected. And that's why, you know, I bring up that I'm invoked with Asmodeus. And that's a great way to like just stay in tune with him and uh, feel what he has to, to give me as well as guide me and support me 
how's it, how's the invocation felt? It's been so sweet and loving. It's kind of like, um, no pressure. And, uh, th- that's because I feel that when people talk about lust or love and sex, there can be a sense of pressure and that kind of keeps people really tight. Working with Asmodeus, I got more of a freeing feeling and more of an openness in, in, um, and that allowed like ideas to come to me and, and also just feel okay with talking about certain things. And I, and I really enjoyed that because, you know, lust isn't something that's, you know, inappropriate and it's not something yeah. that should be hidden. It's something that I believe is, is that you've been talking about is empowered and embrace it because it can lead to love. It can lead to, you know, bigger and better things in life, but it's got to start somewhere. And I think that's one of the lessons that Asmodeus is teaching us is like, hey, it's okay to be lustful and look at how it can empower us. I love that you mentioned that. It, it felt freeing and, and light because, hey, like you said, it, it, lust has so much weight to it. We're talking about how Asmodeus is great for sexual, working with sexual trauma and having um, things wow. in the past and the history. And so, that would go hand in hand with being free and kind of embracing yourself and embracing like who you are, your identity of yourself um, and saying, this is maybe this is what I don't like. And also well, this is what I do like. Yeah. I've heard, um, I, I know that we're talking about, you know, some deadly sins and that's associated with the Catholic church, but I know that modern day, it, you know, even with the way that, Modern times are seem to be more freeing sexually. Uh, what's interesting is that uh, in Protestant churches, sex is be weird things are happening <laughs> like in in this field of lust. And I, I was talking to I was talking to a colleague the other day about this subject, and I was mentioning that we were going to talk about this in the podcast. And and they were they were saying, you know, it's so interesting that that Protestants and and Christians will say that lust is bad, but yet uh, they, they do incredibly weird and damaging things in relation to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you heard of these purity balls that are going on, especially in the South? No. Uh, they have a, uh, it's called purity ball, and it's where a young, you know, is 12, 13, a young a girl of age is expected to uh, pledge her virginity to her father. Oh my God. And, and it, they're like dressed up as if they're going to a wedding. And it's this incredibly bizarre, it's almost like Christian type ritual where, yeah, they're, they're, they're made to feel like they're unclean or cheating on their father somehow if they have sex before marriage. It is the weirdest shit that is ever. Weird. That's <laughs> and, uh, this colleague I, I, I was talking to, she had went to like, uh, she had went to church camp as, as a as a young teen, and they would tell the girls there specifically that if that your body is like a box of crayons, and that and that it, every time you touch somebody inappropriately before marriage or uh, you know, have any kind of sexual contact, that it's like you're breaking your crayons, like you're, you're a broken crayon. Yeah, they basically called them broken. And and there there and there was apparently girls there that had they were just crying. Because you know they had maybe they had made out with a boyfriend or something like that, or maybe uh, or, or there are situations where like some of the girls had been raped before or molested, oh and they're sitting there being called broken by the church. Yeah, that's not that's like, terrible, horrifying. Um, the stuff that goes on in in a lot of these southern 
Northern too, but mostly Southern Protestant churches. It's it's yeah. very scary. Now, why is it always the girls? You know, I don't ever hear the stories of oh, I you know we tell the boys the you know it's not the same thing. It's, mm-hmm. So I could see where working with Asmodeus would be just so fantastic. Healing, been, yeah, definitely healing in these mm-hmm. situations. It's like you know I don't want to be uh, subjected to this, for example, broken crayon like you're talking about, or yeah. even any aspect of that church, but. You know, these young people or even whatever, you know, whatever age they are, are now searching because they're lost. I would say talk to Asmodeus, you know, if you're Uh, listening to this and this is what you're, you know, something you've experienced. You know, I'm glad that we're able to present this uh, this episode about it. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are, you know, scary that uh, that just in one conversation about the podcast we're going to have, those stories came out. You can imagine that there's a lot of people that grow up feeling either broken or used up or like they're damaged somehow because, you know, say they're molested or raped mm-hmm. or sexually active young. And it's important to understand that, you know, there is another way to live. And if you do demonic magic and you work with Asmodeus, you can not only be healed uh, in, in this section of your life, but you can use it to, you can transmute that and use sex and lust to empower you to to start a new chapter in your life that's free from guilt and pain yeah i could see what you know what you're saying it's like they probably would feel guilt if they um started to feel lustful about another person it's like oh my goodness you know i could you know i could see where that guilt guilt could come through but i think you hit it right on the head by saying you can transmute that into something very mm-hmm. powerful and wonderful and allow that garden to grow again um with beautiful flowers or roses or uh, you know even deadly nightshade, if you wish to. <laughs> yeah, it's so important to be able to be comfortable and open up that conversation, uh, you know, about lust and love and sex. It, what ends up happening when it's demonized is that, you know, people will still usually cave into the desires of their body and heart, but mm-hmm. uh, it's done in secret, and so you have you'll have people. With uh, that end up with STDs because they're not you know educated young and they're hiding in they're trying to hide their sexual exploitations and and or you'll have people who do um, these you know backwards abortions or 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 whatnot end up uh, dying because they're trying to keep what they've uh, their sexual experiences hidden because they're afraid of judgment but uh, it's it's important too. Explore all aspects of lust and sex and to be allow that conversation to happen within your home and and the people around you. Yeah, I can see where people have these dirty little secrets and they don't get to act on them or they have to do it hidden and it just makes them feel bad. And um, I think over time, psychologically speaking, mentally, emotionally, they're suppressed, but then mentally they kind of get into some twisted things that. isn't your highest moral compass. Um, let's just say, you know, it, they're, um, and that's where some depravity could come in. And it's, and I think it starts from uh, that suppression, these dirty little secrets that the people have, they're not allowed to, you know, feel, um, their lust or appreciate their lust. Yeah. When you view, um, sex as strictly procreation, then you, you deny your partner experiences with you. That can be terribly exciting, and and it leads people to cheat quite honestly yeah. because they you know they might think okay oh my wife or a husband is not they're meant for procreation with me and it's not it's not meant to be exciting <laughs> and passionate and they That's you know so they, they 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of people end up cheating because they're yep. afraid to admit to their partner that they have these little kinks and whatnot, and they yep. don't end up acting on them. So it can lead to yeah nonsense that never had never should have happened. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's um, you talked about earlier about how sex um, can help mental mentally physically and emotionally a person um you know everything you can keep a person healthy it can increase the immune system to also allow someone i could see to be like more creative it's like that it takes the pressure off um i know i sleep much better afterwards <laughs> but um you know and i think it's important people to get a good night's sleep you know or take a nap and things like that but uh, i could see where a lot of artists um could utilize their lust and um, then also we're talking about you know love and sex we hear it all the time in music and um, we see it in the paintings people you know create yeah and um you know it's weird because people always say oh well this world's going to hell (laughs) so like that when they talk about hearing about sex and songs and um right you know and tv and whatnot but really um I think it should be talked about more and, and, and especially in your, in your marriages and your relationships. Um, the most beautiful thing you can possibly do, uh, in your relationship is to create a safe space for your partner that's non-judgmental and unconditional, um, as far as their desires. And it can, like I say, it can be, sex can be used to be incredibly healing and beautiful and so, and lust as well. Um, it's important to try to incorporate that uh, lust into your love relationships. Right. Um, and Ospedes can certainly help you with the transmutation of love, lust, from something bad into something good. Yeah, so I can see where if someone wants to do a petition uh, with Asmodeus, mm-hmm. um, they would want to have clear intentions. So do you have any other tips if someone wanted to work with him in like regards to sex magic? So they want to do a petition with Asmodeus, say they want something. Um, and so they're going to have the candle. They're going to put together an altar, maybe put out some of his favorite offerings, uh, get some alcohol to put on there, some bread or some fruits. And you've got the black candle. And I like the idea that I think you mentioned earlier, like the, or, you know, like the bedroom itself is like it is an altar place, it's like a ritual space, you know, to really you know, really get the lights the way you like it. And so they're going to do this petition. Do you have any tips in as relates to sex magic particular? Like, okay, I'm going to do this sex magic ritual with Asmodeus and they need some help. What would you tell them? Yeah. So, so definitely, definitely if you're going to be doing the sex magic and, or any type of seduction magic, you're going to, A, want to be, want to be clear on, on what you want and what you need. And most people, and I know that sounds elementary, but most, most people have no idea what they want. And, uh, and you have to be careful with that, you know, because right. you ask a demon and you say, Oh, I just want more sex. Right. Or I want more money. Half, you might have half the street coming after you, but, but uh, I want to be famous mean, and you become famous for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> exactly. Maybe it caused some scandal, but, right. um, but yeah, so have a clear intention and clear target, uh, and and know what you want. Sit down and really plan this out. It's, you know, some people need to write it out right. uh, before you do a ritual. Um, if this is going to be in regards to your, you know, your relationship, make sure that you're honest about the situation regarding uh, regarding your sex life. Say that you know they're sex life with their partner or 
spouse is trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just right. terrible. Um, uh, you need to be, you need to sit there and really be um, honest with yourself about why. And usually it's because people um, aren't able to, they don't feel free enough to talk about their needs. Uh, and sometimes it's because they're not attracted to their partner anymore. So yeah, you go to Osmo Days and you say, uh, and you just say, I want more sex with my partner. You're going to be put in an odd position where they're likely going to come at you asking for more sex, but you're not going to want it. So, so, so you know, make sure that uh, you you come to Osmodeus with a clear intention and and with clear facts surrounding what you want. You know, if you want to be more attracted, if you want there to be lust again, then, you know, let them know that. And do your part by having an altar and then also by uh, putting in the extra work. I, I told some of you, know, you mods that I told some of my mods about uh, how I redid my bedroom. Like, I made it all black and I made it, it just is incredibly sexy. <laughs> and I completely redid it. It's amazing. It, it looks and you as the day is black. Yeah. yeah. And like you, you know what that room is for. And so like it, it's good to make sure that your space in which these manifestations are going to, going to come into fruition, that it's ready, ready for it. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to un, uninviting space. You don't want to do anything that would diminish your chances of making your manifestations to go wrong. Make sure that you're putting the effort into your environment and into yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important. If you are offering yourself, uh, to somebody physically that you're trying, and uh, and that you're trying to attract them based on their love language, right. you know, if if whether it's physicality or whether it's talking or you know, make sure that you're you're trying with your target and that you're not just like oh I want them to want me but I'm not going to do anything to to attract them. Put that effort there because it's not yeah. only helpful for you but it's helpful for Admirates to know your level of seriousness. So I know we're getting ready to wrap it up. Professor, one last couple notes here. If you've, we've got some new, new time listeners, new to the path, um, listening, uh, how would they start with like developing a relationship with, um, Osmodeus? Is there any specific pointers? I would say evocation and vocation. Uh, invocation is going to be, uh, express lane into feeling, to feeling the presence of Osmodeus. And, uh, and an invocation can help you figure out who you are, what you want sexually. And when you get you know, those ideas in your mind and you know what you want to do magic for, then do an evocation. And that's when you'll ask, you'll do a certain petition and you'll ask specifically for what you want. Do the invocation first and feel them and then do the evocation. After. I wouldn't okay. say, I wouldn't say that do it that order for every demon, but when it comes to sex, like I said, a lot of people don't know themselves yet. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people go through most of their lives without certain experiences that could have been their best. So I, I would say with this, this subject for the last uh, invocation first. Right. Yeah. Let them help you discover who you are, what you want, and then ask for it. And the best way to do that is to get the uh, invocation uh, necklace um, yeah. from the website. Um, that's what I, that's what I have. And that's what I've been working with. I know a lot of people else have, and they, they find it incredible. Um, Cause you're right. It is express express lane. You're, it, you're so right on that. Mm-hmm. So do you have any last points, any last thoughts before we close it down? 
I'm just, I'm excited about this episode. I'm excited to see people find themselves and uh, define their sexual tribe and, and to find acceptance in regards to lust. And uh, like we said, it, it's such a multifaceted topic. I definitely recommend you get this section magic book and I highly recommend working with uh, Osmodeus and, and the rest of his line for all of your needs regarding love, lust, attraction and all that. Yeah. I mean, this has been a great episode. I want to encourage everyone else, you know, like just like you did to work with and build a relationship with Osmodeus uh, and focus on your lustful desires. Like it's important. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, Check out our sponsor, The Order of Dark Arts, and you can find them at theorderofdarkarts.com for all your sex, love, and attraction, seduction, and glamour supplies. <laughs> <laughs> well, Professor, this is going to wrap us up. Do you want to say goodbye? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for it. Um, I, I love doing this podcast with you, Pete. You're amazing. Uh, but, yeah, um, in short, yeah, goodbye, everyone. I look forward to next week, and uh, we can't, can't wait to talk. Uh, with all of y'all again yeah and i want to close out by just encouraging everyone to stay tapped in tuned in and turned on by their luciferian practice hit that subscribe button and you'll be notified when our next episode drops until then keep lucifer in your heart and his legion by your side shine on everybody shine on <laughs>